0: people-centric leaders, thanks for joining us again this week for our leadership development topic. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about when managers overshare. Last uh, podcast, we talked about transparency and open um, communication in workplaces. And so at the end of that, Matt kind of brought up a situation of when managers bring their employees too far or bring them in too much and what that looks like and what you do. and, and, both Bethany and I said, whoa, that's a whole other podcast. So here it is because it is a whole other podcast. Uh, We were talking before this. And when I was working retail, when I was very young, 18, 19, 20, um, I had a manager that did this to me and she kept pulling me in her office and explaining all of the things that she wanted or that we needed to do coming down from the corporate office she was very stressed about it. She felt like she couldn't implement and do all of these things and still do the job that she had. So then me being the uh, ach- achiever, I'm going to call it achiever. That sounds less, less terrible than authoritarian. Uh, me being the achiever that I am, I went out on the floor at 19 and told all of these people working there what we were going to do and how we were going to change things and what we were going to fix in that day. Uh, granted, I also only worked about 30 hours a week. I was not a full-time employee. I was a part-time person. (laughs) I was just there during college. And so I had no authority. I looked 12, you know, I was very young looking. Uh, and, and I had all of these people looking at me just being like, who are you? And why are you telling us what to do? So over time I did get some things done, right. Because I did them myself. No one else wanted to do that. And no one else wanted to be like, oh, sure, we'll jump right in. Um, so I did get some stuff done. Then I realized that I was I was creating conflict on my team. And, and it was causing people to not really enjoy working with me and not want to be around me. So I stopped working on the things that the boss drew me in on. So once I stopped that, then the boss was like, what's going on with you? And I was like, I can't win here. Please help me. And it was one of those early moments of what is right here. So I think today we're going to talk about those situations and 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 what managers should be doing, the, the fine line of transparency. We're going to talk about if that's happening to you, what you can do. So today I have with us Philip Herzog. Hi, Philip. How are you today?
1: Oh, great. Doing great. Yeah. It's a great morning here in Springfield. Uh, We talked about how hot it is and how high the dew point is and how high humidity is and the science that we don't really understand what all those things mean. We just know it's hot, but it's still a great morning.
0: They use the term oppressively hot when discussing some (laughs) of the uh, dew point stuff there. So oppressively
1: hot. It's oppressively hot. So we're fighting the oppressive heat here.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh so welcome Philip thanks for joining us and we also have Bethany Taft.
2: Bethany how are you today? Good. I stayed Good. home to yeah. avoid the oppressive heat. <laughs> today. Smart.
0: Smart. Stay in the air conditioning. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So we're just we're getting really close to my due date and there's a lot of heat and so I just want to not go anywhere right now.
0: I don't blame you. I Whatever. don't blame you at all. Yeah. So, so So I set us up. I think we should start with the fine line there, right? And we should probably start talking about the manager first, because I think that's where the biggest impact is, if a manager could avoid doing this. But also, how do we maintain transparency? So what are some of your thoughts on this topic, starting with the manager's?
2: Well, I'm being at managers. I mean, we always try to, I feel like I always try to empathize with the manager because their job is really hard. They're trying to navigate like what's coming down from the top to them and then also how to lead the people who report to them. Um, And so it is a challenge sometimes, especially if you're in a larger organization um, and there's a lot of voices or you have a lot of people reporting to you or things like that. Um, but it can happen anywhere, and I've had a similar situation as Diana. I think I we we handled it differently. Probably, I'm not saying one was better, or worse. Um, but I think I
0: a- can almost guarantee that you handled it better.
2: Ninety nine percent sure. I was you did. older than you oh, when mine okay. happened, so that maybe was help. Maybe a little bit helpful. Um, but it is, it's super, super challenging as the employee, but so for the manager, you can understand like why, I think I understand why this happens, especially if you don't feel like you have, uh, the support that you need within your position or you're feeling, yeah, you're just feeling isolated or like, you don't feel like you have the support. And if there's somebody that you are like, oh, this person seems trustworthy, I can sort of latch on to them and kind of share where my struggles are at. Um, And that's, that seems fine. Right. Um, But there's probably lots of, there's lots of problems with that. And it puts your employees in really weird situations um, because it, they don't really know. They don't really know what to do with that information of like, should I help right now? Should I just listen? Is this my job? I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what my boss wants from me right now. Um, And so I think if you're in, you know, in that management role, um, yeah, it's not that you can't talk about the issues that you're facing. It's probably just not wise to, oh, this is creepy. You guys can't see this, but Philip behind him, Matt just showed up. It was weird. Anyway, yeah, so, I'm gonna like, have
1: to talk to my manager about that. He briefly looked
2: over his shoulder.
1: <laughs> yeah, to talk about that.
2: <laughs> Anyways, it just I think it's okay to know that, like you, yes, you can talk about those hard things, but your employees are probably not the best person people to talk about those things with. So, where should we channel that? What do you guys think? Yeah, that's a good question, and I think,
0: I think I've said something about my thoughts on when it's gossip and when it's uh appropriate to share in those sorts of things and so i always say things like if you're complaining down in the org chart right there's a hierarchy if you're complaining to the people that report to you that's probably bad if you're complaining up there might be a solution to do that so i think it's how you approach it right like In my situation, my boss very much was complaining to me, like corporate wants me to do this. She wants me to do this. They want me to do this. I still have a store to run, right? Like very much complaining to me. And so, you know, like I said, I wanted to fix it. Um, But I think had she pulled the team together and said, "Here here are the issues we are facing. Here are the things we have to do. How can we do those together? That's a totally different approach. And so, yeah,
1: Philip, you? I was curious, Diana, when you um, and it might be a lot to remember, but, you know, kind of at the start, did you think when your boss, I imagine the first time started complaining just to complain and she's like, finally, there's a competent person here. Her name is Diana royalty. Uh, she's intense and tiny. Um, like it I can complain to time. her in safety, you know, but they then me
0: Hollywood, that was her <laughs> name for me. I don't I still don't <laughs> fully understand it. But she was like, go to my office,
1: Hollywood. So she starts complaining to Hollywood and then Hollywood goes and fixes. Like, I think at one point there, she probably was complaining to complain anyway. You probably weren't the first person she complained to, but you might have been one of the first or the best at then having a complaint and being like, oh, I can go fix this, which in my mind, then that's like the perfect cycle, right? She doesn't have to handle the things, which in that case, it sounds like she was complaining about things that you both could influence like locally. So corporate wants this terrible change to happen. All these people who don't do work, I have to get them to work somehow. I don't like to do that. I can't do that. I'm afraid to do it, whatever the reason. And then she sent you to go do it. And so it kind of builds this cycle where you, without having more role and responsibility, officially start doing more work and having more stress almost, right? Like this management stress. And she Uh, I don't know, it's some kind of like, it's like a dynamic relationship. (laughs) But when did you kind of ever notice if when you started going and fixing, did the complaining increase? Or was it kind of the same throughout your time there?
0: Man, I can't totally remember. I remember feeling more and more stressed out about it. I don't remember if it increased, but I remember myself feeling more and more stressed out about it as time went on.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's kind of like you had to own the complaints more because you could do something about them. Yeah. And I just, I
0: I felt responsible, right? She was trusting me or leaning on me. I don't totally know the motivation there now looking back, but something in me felt like she was trusting me to go do something or she was uh, uh, leaning on me to be a competent employee in some way. And I felt more and more invested as that time went on.
1: It also, But it sounds like it was very rarely as clear as like, hey, can you help me with this and go do something? It's like complaint, secret hidden code, right? Like unspoken message. And then you yeah. knew what your marching orders were to then go do. And I yeah. think that's a part of where it gets really messy also. Yeah, but yeah, you're like, because it, it feels bad for you either way. And then, did she ever thank you, or like, was there any feedback even on the the backside of like, hey, wow, that was great. Corporate is happy.
0: I don't believe so. No, I do, I don't. I think that was also a source of anxiety of like, oh, I don't know if what I'm doing is working. I don't know if this is good. I don't. I know that I'm making people mad, but I don't know <laughs> if this is good or
1: not when you didn't do it, then she does notice, right? So it seems like there was a system in place that, you know, the machine that you have, you're getting the results from the machine that it's built to get. So she, I think she was like, whoa, whoa, buddy, you're Hollywood messing with my machine. Gotta jump back in there and help this great thing we have go and work out. So I think that's something that happens in a lot of workplaces too. If, you know, if you're, if you hear complaints as like secret assignments, almost. And I think it it can come from a great place. Like, I want to help my team. I want to help my leader. They're really stressed. They have personal things going on too. Like, this is a hard time. Of course, I can do a little extra and step in. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thought process. Uh, But to your point, I think it also, though, can lead to that, like this secret cycle system that is not good for anyone. And it's just confusing for the team too.
2: No, I think the danger. Yeah, I think the danger is that it can create toxicity. Another area of like where toxicity can sneak in, especially like if you're you as a manager are not in a great place within the organization, and and your frustrations may be completely valid. By the way, um, but the problem is like if you are if you are talking to your team about other leaders within the organization, or the way things are being managed, or things like that, and they're constantly hearing all of that stuff, you're just breeding this toxicity and this distrust and things like that, versus like having productive conversations about how to make changes within the organization. So there's like two ways to handle that, I think, as a manager is like, on one end, you have to be able to take that and say, okay, what can I do to lead my team better than how I feel like I'm being led maybe? Um, and what change can we impact as a team without having to go into all of the nitty gritty and maybe the messy stuff that's happening on the other side and like channel that in a better way. Like you guys were talking about, like bringing the team together and saying, hey, here's some things that we need to do differently. I'd like us to work on this and make this better. And then on the other side, then being able to have the conversations that you need to have with the people above you to say, hey, I'm struggling. I need support or help me help me get to a better place and having those open and honest and transparent conversations. But the two can't, in some ways, you can't bleed those things together. And we were talking a little bit before of like it's good to be vulnerable with your people as a leader. Like, that's really, really important. You've heard us, we've talked about that on other podcasts before. It's really good for people to understand and see you be a little bit vulnerable in your position um, and say where you maybe need some help. But I think there's a line too that's just sort of like what's appropriate also to bring your team into. It's a, again, we talk about how like parenting and like leadership are not that different (laughs) in some ways, like management. Um, There are certain things that like, you might tell your kids, hey, mom's not having a good day today. Um, And like, here's how I'm going to manage it. But I'm not going to go to my kids and say, tell them maybe all of the reasons why mom is having a bad day and then put it on them to fix. Do you know what I mean? And so it's really similar. It's just not an appropriate way to handle the situation. Um, And so if you need support and you need help, go to the people above you. Or if you don't feel like you can get that, like go to somebody maybe outside of the organization that's trusted who can help you, whether that's a therapist or a consultant or a mentor or something like that, who can help kind of help you be guided through those conversations. Yeah. And I'll also add that
0: like, when, when she was engaging me to fix these things, right. I got the idea that I was going to be promoted in the organization, right. It made it feel like I was working towards that thing, like the next step or the next promotion or a raise, it made it feel like she was testing me in some way. Like I'm telling, to see if you could be the next assistant manager or whatever that was like. I don't remember at the time, um, but it did feel like I am going to get this promotion next. But there were no discussions about that. There was no like, "Yes, I'm, I'm getting you on your management track." That none of that ever happened. So, so I do think that even doing that puts some something on the employee. So it's dangerous if you don't have if you have the manager as the manager, don't have those positions and can't actually do that. Like
2: A weird power in
0: person's mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. 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 And I think, I don't know if we said it when we were recording or before, but, but Philip was saying, yeah, it just is sort of, you are being asked to step into something, maybe, you know, sort of being asked, it feels like you're being asked to do something that you actually don't have authority for as the employee. And so it's confusing for roles. Not only for yourself as an employee, but for the rest of your team, because they're like, wait, we have the same we have the same job title or we're at the same level or something like that. And so did something change? And that's that that conversation never happened. So I do think that's different of like, hey, if you are trying to bring somebody up and trying to develop a person again, no, there's boundaries with like what you share. But having an explicit conversation to say, hey, I really want to develop you into this next leadership role. Let me, let me kind of bring you up under my wing a little bit and give you some opportunities to help support me or the team or the organization in a little bit of a different way. But doesn't that's not the situation here. And so maybe too, we can talk about the then as the employee, like, how do you handle being in that situation? Because that's really sticky. Some people are like, I think Diana, you said it. And that's sort of how I felt too, when I've been brought in is it's like, oh, it's nice that they trust me. (laughs) Like they want to share this information with me because it feels like they trust me. Um, And some people responses are probably like, ew, please don't (laughs) involve me in any of that. I don't want to like, please keep me out of your office. I I want to be as far away from any of that as possible. So um, yeah,
0: I think in my case, it was
2: both in the
0: beginning. I was like, yes, I feel trusted. I feel valued. I feel worthy. I feel confident. Like you want me to go do this stuff. And by the end I was like, please don't call me in your office anymore. Like I just, I, please leave me out of it.
2: Yeah.
1: That's so interesting too, right? It's kind of like a, it's, I imagine it's like a strong current, you know, I was in Florida one time when the riptides were just super strong and you're like, I can kind of see it and I see the waves at the top, but then you get out there far enough and you felt it start to pull, you know, you're like, whoa, I really have to paddle to get out of this. And it kind of, it kind of sucks you in because it's a pattern and it's like set. And so one of my questions too, it's a little meta. So before we talk about the employees even, but for us, just three of us, how do we know when either we're complaining or we're like in an area where complaining is happening? In a way where it's not like it's solution oriented um, and maybe not even venting. Because it can happen, like if a CEO does it, it's likely to happen to people that report to them. Like it just kind of is a trickle down, too. I think that's one other reason why it's um, a toxic trait, because it kind of is like an acid that pours down the whole organization. Whatever the top leader is, you know, whatever the, the highest level of leadership is that does this, it probably is going to trickle down to everyone below them too, which again, kind of messes that org chart and just the structure. So for me, at least, I'll go, I think usually complaining in my mind, um, it's when it's about things you clearly can't fix or can't control, right? Or something you can fix and control, and you just are choosing to not go into. And if there's a reason for it, you know, great. But if it's like, it could be, oh, I can't go talk to them, right? Because that, that employee that I have Diana go and talk to, is just so mean to me. And we had a conflict once and it's never been the same. It's really awkward now. And if that's like the motivation as to why you're not doing anything about it, it's like, well, then there is something that can be done, but that's work For you to do, I can't be the one to fix that, you know, Um, or complaint too, if you're like corporate, we had someone come to our house recently to do a quote for some work on our bathroom and everything he said the whole time, corporate makes us do this corporate makes us do that. And every time I asked a question, he said, well, corporate would say this, but this and that. And we said, whatever price we given are given today, right? It's held for a year. That's what we were told when we called. They were like, oh, corporate makes promises they can't keep. Corporate's terrible. And this was their sales guy. We didn't go with the company for like 12 reasons, but that was one of them. Yeah. You know, like he seems like he's fighting his own company. Um, the whole and many
0: just- red flag's.
1: Right. So many. So not a great look for us either as clients, uh, potential clients, never to be clients. Um, so I think those are things that erode. Um, and again, kind of when you're throwing other people under the bus always, I think that's a form of complaining. But what for you all are kind of your red or yellow flags for complaining and venting?
2: I was going to say that kind of is just that like, if it's constantly everybody else and not me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is like, or the person, if I hear somebody constantly pointing fingers to other people, and they're never taking ownership over anything on their own, then I'm a little bit like, wait, 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 <laughs> let's break this down a little bit. Or like, you can't do this because this person, like, you really can't? What about, you know, what, let's, let's actually think through that. Um. Or how is it always this person? How is it never, like, you don't have any responsibility here, really? <laughs> And so I think that's, that's one of the red flags that I see for sure, whether in myself or other people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love how you said something about, you know, it kind of spreads because it does. We all, people are always watching other people. And if you're a leader in an organization or you're influential in an organization, people are watching you. And to say that you can't have a bad day is completely unreasonable you can have a bad day. You can vent, you can be angry about things, but you just have to recognize when you're doing that and point it out. You have to be like, I don't know. I think about when Don has a bad day, like Don is a regular human. He has bad days. (laughs) It's few and far between, but he does have bad days. And sometimes those bad days make the rest of us have a bad day. We feel yucky. We feel icky. There's like a negativity or sometimes we can go to him and be like, Hey, are you having a bad day? What's happening here? Just, and then he'll be like, yeah, I'm just feeling grumpy. Or I got a flat tire on the way to work and it set my whole mood off, right? Like you just have to recognize it a little bit and be self-aware enough to have those conversations with yourself and others. And that is not easy. That part is just not easy. So yeah, I don't, I, I guess I kind of trickled into emotional intelligence there, but there is a component of that when complaining, there's that moment of, is this complaining productive or is this complaining, just complaining? Cause I feel better complaining. And those two things are very different and you can do both. This is going to happen, but I think you have to recognize what you're complaining for, you know? Yeah. Does that answer your question, Philip or did we get weird with it?
1: Oh, I love emotional intelligence. You can bring that up anytime. Well, as you're we talking, it's easy to spread. I was like, oh my gosh, gossip and complaining. It's like margarine. Easy to spread. Not that good for you. Oh, you're uh, not
0: that good for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the riptide one, that was a good one too. We didn't really like it, dig into that too much, but it really, but it's true. It's like, sometimes you don't see it until you're sort of in the middle of it. And then you're like, oh, crud, like now I'm too far out and how do I get back? And you freak out, right? And that's not what you're supposed to
1: do. Don't freak out. Yeah. Don't freak out. They say, stay calm. But if leadership is a part of the riptide, then you're like, where's the lifeguard? We don't have any lifeguards. We're all angry and mad now. We're going to just go into the ocean.
0: (laughs) But it does lead to the next part of this is like, if you're an employee, what do you, what do you do? Right? Like, looking back, I would have done things very differently, but at the time I did not, but like, yeah, yeah, like, what would you, I think, you know, looking back, I probably would have first asked the question of like, why are you telling me this? Mm -hmm. It may be in a better way, maybe in a different way, but like, thanks so much for sharing. What can I do for you? right? What's the point of this conversation? I'm here to just listen. If you need to just listen, I'll, that's fine. I'll listen and I'll walk away. If you need something from me, we need to talk about what that is and what those expectations look like, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah. It's a really, it's a challenging situation to be in. Um, And I think it's good. I think it's good to ask the question of like, that you were just asking Diana. Um, I think the, The way, and I probably I don't remember all of it completely, but I think that I probably my go to was just sort of at first just sort of empathizing (laughs) and saying like yeah that sounds like oh like asking questions and sort of saying like that is that is a hard situation I think that's okay to do as an employee to just say like yeah knowing that sometimes people are not going to get it right and they maybe just have they're just frustrated in a situation and you can say, okay, like, I'm really sorry that that's going on. Um, and also like, it's okay to, I think, help, help direct your boss a little bit in this situation to sort of just ask the questions of like, what conversations have you already had about this? Like, who have you talked to, um, about this? You know, like if they're talking about their boss, Oh, have you talked with them about that. That's really, that sounds like a really frustrating situation or, you know, and just helping ask them like what steps that they've already taken so that you don't feel like you have to be the one that says, oh, let me try to fix this for you. Or let me try to bear this burden or weight or whatever for you. um, But helping kind of direct them to it. But I think it's also, you know, don't invite, don't continue to invite it. I think, especially if you are Somebody who is a natural empathizer and you like that your boss is really like trusting of you and stuff, like it's probably not if you're getting pulled into too much of just like organizational drama that you don't need to be involved in, don't don't keep asking about it. Don't follow up and say, Hey, how's that going? Or hey, how did your, you know, what happened with this? Or did you have this conversation? Or you know, what, you know, how did that meeting go or whatever? It's like, no, 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 just know, like you, you don't need to follow up. That's not your position. Um, And if you need to be brought into something else, then somebody will let you know. But I think it's okay to also, if your boss continues to bring those things up to you for you to kind of set a boundary too. And I know that can be really awkward, but you can sort of say, hey, I don't like, I feel bad that this is happening I'm sorry that this is happening or that you're frustrated um I don't really think this is my role to help you um through this situation um with just my current role right now I just don't think that this is something that I that I'm supposed to step into um if that changes you know like if I'm you know if I need to be in a different role or whatever in the organization or if that happens then like would love to talk about that. But I also want to make sure that I'm setting healthy boundaries here too. Um, And, and, and so I think that's okay, probably easier said than done. But I do think that that's very okay for you to know, this is what my role is. I don't think I need to be brought into this conversation. um, And to just set that and you can do it in a nice way.
0: I wish I would have figured out that conversation, like the this isn't really my role and I don't have the authority to go and change things right now. Like I'm willing to be influential. I'm willing to back whatever thing you want to go do. But at the end of the day, you have to set the expectation for the team. Um, Because I do think by me um, exiting my lane, that's like a weird way to say it, but me not playing the role that I was meant to play and stepping outside of that role, it caused a lot of disharmony on the team. It caused a lot of, um, you know, stress for me. It caused a lot of people to resent what I was doing and and not want to join and be a team. Um, and so I think that like, know your role, stay in your lane is super important in this situation. Um, and like you were saying, if that changes, great, but, yeah, I wish I could have had that conversation or known to have that
1: conversation. What is you... Oh, go ahead, Phil. Oh no, it's at, you know Wi-Fi meetings. We love these. The timing. Um, I was thinking too, Dan. I think part of why it's so strange when you consume in an extra lane, especially in that situation, uh, it's like it's it's like an endorsed or blessed mutiny by leadership, right? Like, I am. You're not. It's not structured. But I, as the authority figure will make it kind of structured, but at the same time, you receive no additional, you know, like benefits or clear path forwards or actually coaching or insight, which is so much of this too, right? I think a team that doesn't have good feedback and then also complaining, that's just, oh, that's just so sad. That's just going to lead down like a hard way. But Bethany, what were you going to say?
2: Well, I was going to ask the question of what do you guys think though about, um, if or when it's appropriate to say gosh i see issues here and i need to take it to the person that's above my boss like is do you guys ever think that that's appropriate oh man
0: that's sticky i want i wanted to instantly be like <laughs> yeah and then i also was like but no <laughs> i know <laughs> that's hard that's hard right It is.
1: That's the juicy question. Uh, Well, and I guess, too, you know, if there's like a set of people, if there were several Dianas together, right, in that situation where you're like, there seems to be a lot going on with this leader, right, where and again, I might be making the story wider than it really is, but they're not necessarily leading well. We have these goals from our you know, hierarchy above, even that this person's not really meeting. They're kind of checking out and they're having us do all these things that we shouldn't do. We started hating each other. And then we paused long enough to be like, whoa, why is this happening? We're all in the wrong lane. Let's reevaluate. Um, and ideally it is always that first step of, have you talked to the person First, mm-hmm. so if it's a situation where you have mentioned to your leader, you know, not like twelve people in an office, but just you to them, are you okay? Like I've noticed you've been really stressed in a lot of ways, blah 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 blah. You know, and if there's still just not traction, um, there is an appropriate way and channel to go about that. You know, usually it, it, you know, every organization is different, but like if you have genuine concerns for a person for a team then there should be avenues for you to go about that, depending on how you're set up and the structure. And in my mind, this may not be the right advice, but every time you onboard in an organization, you kind of have your point person, right, before you go to a specific department. And usually that's HR. And their role is typically, right, to kind of help be a mediator in these kinds of things or counsel. So always know who your people are in an organization, whether whether it's this type of you know, leadership issue or just other things too. Like you do need that support. But I think being just a transparent human being is always the best step. Like you don't need to secretly create a mutiny, like go to a person to see how they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I,
0: I love, yeah. I love the like, have you had the conversation with the person that you are frustrated with? Have you had that conversation? Right. I should have gone to my boss at some point and said, Hey, what is, what is really going on? What is happening? How can we do this together? I feel like this is causing a bunch of drama, um, and and have that conversation with them. And also if other people were saying stuff like that to me, which I can't remember at the time, but if other people were like, Oh my gosh, our boss, she just is not doing anything. She's not checking out. Then I would have had to encourage them to go talk to that person, right? Like You go talk to the boss also. If all of us are saying the same thing and all of us are seeing the same thing, it's important for us to share that with this person. Um, But yeah, I I definitely was not in tune enough to do that back then, for sure.
1: And a tool, you know, when you do that too, especially if it's on role clarity or responsibility, I think taking your actual one, do you have a job description that you can find? Because I think a lot of the time if there's a situation like this, odds are high. You're like, oh, there was a job description that I agreed to, but I haven't seen it ever since, you know? So if you don't know where that is, have them help you find it and then go over it together, right? So like, hey, these are the things. So when the boss does say, hey, what ha- what's wrong with you, Diana? You're not helping me like you used to. Um, you have this beautiful boundary conversation that Bethany brought up too. But then also like, I would really like to know my role and responsibilities. If you need something different, let's talk about what that could look like. But currently, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I really want to really honor, you know, what we've agreed to do together. And that's what this is. Something different. Let's make that together. Um, and that way, too, it's like a tool beyond you. So it doesn't feel as personal either. And kind of goes back to the why are we here? What do we do? Like, what's our agreement to begin with? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think it's like you guys set that up well that I think there is um, it's not that you would never go talk to your boss's boss. But that shouldn't be your first move. So um, ask the questions, have the conversation first, try to set the boundaries, make sure you, you know, take some of those steps. Um, But yeah, if you've done those things and we're not, and we're continuing to see problems then it's, yeah, maybe it is appropriate to say, I'm going to bring somebody else in so that I don't have to continue to, to manage my manager in this way. Um, and, and just sort of leave it with them. And then that's where it's, I think a little bit hard sometimes for, for employees is to say, okay, I'm going to let this leader know, and then I need to step away from it and hope that they will handle it. But that's kind of what, um, I would recommend at that point too, is if you do go have that conversation, then leave it there and back away and, and trust that that leader will take care of it. Yeah. I also wanted to add that, like, I fully
0: had the best intentions, right? I, I, I was passionate about what I was doing. I wanted to be a really good employee. I was also, you know, at the time I was in college and I was passionate about organization and business and that I wanted to take that route. So I saw this as an opportunity. I was, I, I, when I got pulled into those issues, I was asking my dad, like what he would do. He was a big district manager of a large, uh, retail shop for a long time. And so I was like, what would you do dad? You know, what books can I read? What can I get into to help all of this thing? And, you know, I, I think my dad said you shouldn't be doing anything, but I just didn't listen to that. Right. I was like, whatever, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, at the time, but and and since I was reading all these business books, I was like, I got this. And my dad did give me advice about what would happen in his shop if that's what it was. And so I think it's really hard to differentiate in those moments of, yes, you have good intent. Yes, you want to fix it. Yes, you want to be a good leader. But also, this is not your job yet. This is not what you should be doing. And this is not what you should have to handle right now. So I think those moments are they're That's, that's hard to recognize when you're in those moments. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What else should we talk about? What have we not covered?
2: I feel like we've gotten it. Yeah. We've talked about like, how does this happen for managers? Why is this an issue? What can you do differently? And then as an employee, like, How do you have these challenging conversations and what steps can you take? Um, So I feel like we've covered a lot, but I think, you know, again, this can be really situational. And so if you are in this position, whether the manager or the employee, um, reach out um, if you need support on this. If you want to talk with us more, we would love to help just kind of navigate um, some of those conversations with you and point you in the right direction. Um, yeah, either way, whatever, whatever side you're on there. Yeah. So listen to the outro to hear how to contact
0: us, but we will always take a call. We'll always take an email. Yeah. Um, if that's it, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until
1: then... Be well and lead well.